Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, the crypto hipster, where I bring you the crypto corner, where I interview founders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, executives, you name it, in crypto and blockchain around the world. And I'm adding a new country to my belt today, um, Bermuda. So um, my guest today, his name is Christopher McGregor. He's the CEO of Vesto LLC. Uh, Christopher, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. You're very, very, very welcome. So let me ask you the first thing. Um, what is your background and is it a logical background for what you're doing now? Uh, my background, uh, I've been a full stack. Well, I am a full stack engineer. I've been writing code <laughs> my entire life, hands on. And I've also been a serial entrepreneur. I, I started out uh, the first startup in my 20s. We did a distributed prepaid for O2 in the UK, which was a big success. Uh, from there, I thought it was really easy. Um, my second one, we did a biometric credit card, which was a little too early for, I mean, obviously the iPhone, Android took that market over and did a lot of consulting over the years, but always was hands-on development. And in 2017 or the end of 2017, living in San Francisco at the time, I said, I have to get into crypto. If I don't get into crypto, uh, you know, I'm never going to forgive myself. So I got involved in a startup 2018 and learned we were actually developing a blockchain and learned the roots of, you know, the crypto, the hashing, everything else, and looked at the market and realized that I want to do my own startup and spent 2019 looking at the market and and actually, end of 2019, uh, founded Vesto. So, Vesto, what is it all about, and uh, what's what sets your protocol apart from the other level one DeFi protocols in the industry right now? So we we built we kind of I think we've been coined kind of the gateway to DeFi. So we built a protocol that resides on Ethereum and also Polygon. So I think really the the core of it is we can we actually can put uh, taken assets. Right now we're doing stable coins, USDC and DAI. We could take it in on the Ethereum side, put it into uh, you know Yearn or Element or some of these protocols or DeFi protocols to get yield. At the same time, we mint uh, Vesto ERC twenty tokens, bridge custom bridge over to Polygon to use them as payments. So in short, what we're doing is leveraging Ethereum for the yield and leveraging Polygon for uh, low-cost uh, payments. That's smart. That's for you're the first one I heard do, uh, doing that, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So you just had a, a recent mainnet launch too, right? Um, and you said, let me see if I can get your quote here um and so i have it right um well actually you know what let me ask the first one let me ask the first question first what have been some of the benefits of your partner because you have had partnerships too 
Um, you had a main net launch and you also had some partnerships and you included a partnership with Element Finance, right? I want to first find out how your partnerships are going and then I'll ask you about mainnet. No, absolutely. Um, we are very fortunate, very excited about our partnerships. Uh, Element Finance, great guys, great protocol, splitting up the, the principal and the yield, which is, I think, one of the first protocol, a DeFi protocols to do that. We're also partnered with uh, a company called Finclusive, and they are our, I would say, bank rails, fiat rails here in the United States in Canada, and also our compliance, which has been absolutely brilliant. We're also, you know, Ethereum, and we're also partnered with Polygon. You know, we're close with the Polygon uh, tech team and been developing it. So it's been, in my opinion, some of the best partners, some of the best in the industry. We're very, very fortunate. So now I'll quote, now I'll quote you, all right? Um, you said regarding your mainnet launch, this launch represents a turning point and provides validation for our meticulous work in building a comprehensive protocol that offers a truly end-to-end -end solution for decentralized financial services and countless use cases beyond. So please walk us through the end-to-end -end solution and what issues plaguing DeFi sector, and there's a lot, do you solve in, in those use cases? So I think that, you know, when we when people call us the gateway into DeFi, uh, we we do the end. So if you look at, you know, typical DeFi protocols, right? So let's take Yearn or some of these, they build a protocol and everybody builds on top of it, right? Or you could have a unmanaged wallet and you could put your assets directly into one of the, the protocols. For institutions, there's a lot of risk. Right. And there's got to be a lot more management. So what Vesto's done from a high level is that we've we've got the on and off ramp for fiat into crypto with Finclusive and our partner circle, um, which is great to get our USDC and also maker. So we have all that bundled up. We have then all the integration to the DeFi to keep it really simple. So we manage all of that into Yearn or into Element or even we're going to be starting to work with Ave, Ave Arc and keeping it all seamless and really simple for institutions or even fintechs to get into. And also we've customized the bridge between Ethereum and Polygon. We actually built on top of Polygon's FX portal so that we can take bulk assets from an institution, put it into uh, DeFi and basically put it all those to mint tokens over our bridge on the Polygon. And we do that all in one trustless transaction. And I know that was a lot of tech, but it took a lot of tech and a lot of time to bundle this to make it really, really simple for, um, for the institutions. And when we first looked at this, we said, we're going to go after banks. And that's why we developed it this way. We built, you know, also I, I want to mention we built a smart multi-sig wallet for the institutions with a very uh, sophisticated signing policy. Um, but now we're looking at tons of use cases that are popping up. Uh, we're looking at merchant payment. We're looking at pharmaceutical payments. We're looking at mobile money. We're looking at even sweep accounts or cash management. We just didn't realize how many different use cases this combination of tech that we put together is starting to open up for us. All right. So that with that, I'll have a lot of follow-ups. Um, well, for you, right? <laughs> Yeah. I was on I was on an institutional call last June. It was the second time that they tanked the market. 
um, you know, and, and we're looking like we're tanking again this right right this week. Um, but the institutional players were celebrating on the call the uh, the the um, retail players being kind of knocked out a bit, and they their claim was they wanted crypto to be easier to get into for them, right? So why is it important for fintech and institutions to have a simple way? to get into crypto and what's been the real complaint that these guys have had for the past several years? I think that the crypto is new and there's not a lot, you know, to get, I think that the obvious, or in my opinion is you don't have, it's new, right? It's maturing and you don't have a lot of engineers out there or even the support that understand how it all works. So if you, if you're, you know, you're an institution and you want to get into crypto, there's a huge learning curve. And so the ability to shrink wrap some of these things like Vesto, and there's other companies that have done it as well, allows them to integrate with traditional tech, you might say, right? Web two, if you want to look at it and not and let web three and the people who build protocols kind of give a gateway into that, into web two. So it's almost like a bridge between web two and web three. I think over time, that's going to change, right? As the as crypto matures and there's more support on the tech side and developers, and there's you know, it, obviously it's going to change over time. But it's no different than the you know the internet when it first hit. A lot of people didn't understand how it worked. Over time, it grew, and there's now basically it's every way everything we do is the internet. Got it. So that gateway, I don't know. I came in 2017. You came in before me. I guess we tend to undervalue the things that we've learned over the years. Is that learning curve still the same um, level of, of difficulty now for people entering or like, um, or has it improved? It definitely improved. I mean, when I got into, they don't have the developer, I mean, the developer uh, tools now for Solidity, uh, Hard Hacks, even Truffle, you know, you've got Open Zeppelin now that is taking a big stab. So these guys, and then you also have, you know, good wallets, uh, multi-sig wallets off the shelf. A lot of those type of resources weren't available. I mean, within the last, I would say in the last two years, e even less. Got it. Okay. So then multi-sig, multi you, you mentioned pharmaceutical payments, you know, and you mentioned merchant merchant payments, right? How have, what are so, still some of the challenges that we need to, to focus on to you know really get the transparency um, that is needed for those for the multi-sig or just for some of these opportunities those opportunities um i think well i think regulation especially in the united states there's there's obviously i think it's getting better but having more clarity on the regulations i think that a lot of people getting into it are saying you know is this what's what's where's where's the clarity and I think the executive order obviously is going to help. And I think that I even saw an article this morning that California is now starting to embrace crypto. So I think that's been a big hurdle is just to get some clarity so that, you know, everybody says this is how we play in the in the sandbox of crypto. Got it. Okay. Um, so say so this clarity happens, right? So um, why, so why is it really be important for institutions to have access to fully automated intermediary free money um you know to attract yields that are customizable to them 
So I think that for the institution, especially what we did with Vesto, is that we we allow institutions to easily get into DeFi, and we also allow the institution to customize the yield. So for instance, we can mint a token that has a, has a particular yield. So if let's say 5% yield is the, the max you can get, let's say in urine, the institution can say, I want you know 50% of that and I can mint a token for end users, obviously accredited users, the other, the other 50% of the yields. And so it, the way we've done it is we've allowed the, the customization of where the yield goes and have the best benefits for, you know, putting those tokens on Polygon. All right. So you said three words there, which is a, which is a, t- a touch point with me. You know, um, you said obviously accredited users, right? So why should it be only accredited users that receive yield? Uh, because, it's, it's, you know, there's been some some hitbacks from the SEC saying that only accredited investors should receive yield. I just want to find out why not everybody. That is a great question. Uh, I was in a conversation, multiple conversations recently about that same subject. And one of our team members who comes from the financial industry said something that that we really fruitful conversation a lot of these DeFi protocols or most of them i would say all of them especially if you're looking at you know stable coins so let's say you take usdc it's stable pegged to the us dollar right so it's not bitcoin it's not ether and it's not going it's not volatile you put it into a protocol like element or urine you're going to get a yield the 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 protocol itself is over collateralized which means that you never go your balance never goes lower than what you put in so the question came up is what is the risk if the protocol itself is designed so that you never lose your principal you only go up and that was the conversation we had last week it's a really really good um interesting point now there's other protocols out there for instance like a great protocol that we're looking at seriously like ribbon finance they are a put call strategy with ether which is great but there is inherent risk so a protocol like that i would almost say that depending on the risk you would be an accredited but for a lot of the DeFi that's out there compound Aave, uh all these guys or even curve right i don't see the risk and that's a really good question where so so there's no really there's really no answer other than favoritism then <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Okay. Well, um, I'm accredited, but I can't get an accountant to write a letter. So, um, so right now I'm unaccredited, but I am accredited. So we'll see how that plays out. But you know, um, yeah, protecting investors is important. But um, so let me let me then let me go into the multi sig, right? How is an enterprise multi-sig wallet, you know, that provides secure storage and management services for crypto assets a real game changer for institutions? I think it's a must. I think it's a great question. You know, I look at it, I look at it from almost a managed or unmanaged, right? So if I'm an end user, I have, you know, anybody can create a wallet and manage their own funds, right? And there's the managed, right? Multi-sig. And kind of look at it from that perspective. 
with a multi-sig wallet, there's, or even now they're calling them smart wallets or multi-sig, there's many things you can do that are almost a must. Like, let me give you an example. Vesto's wallets are non-custodial, which means that one of the private keys is always controlled by the user, but Vesto has another private key and you need two keys to do a transaction. So one scenario, the, the reason we did that, and this came up with a use case, everything we do, all the assets coming in, the user, it's all KYC, all AML. If somehow one of our users gets flagged and says for AML or, you know, it's a bad actor, what do you do? There's nothing you can do on an unmanaged wallet. With a managed wallet or multi-sig, Vesto doesn't even sign the transactions, which means you can freeze those funds. Now, under the law, we can't take the funds, but at least we can lock them up, right? Uh, with also managed funds, if you look at some of these bigger institutions, they're moving a lot of assets around. Now, with a multi-sig, and another thing that Vesto is doing with our signing policy, you could have limits to say, okay, if it's under you know, uh, $1,000, it takes one signature, uh, one individual. Let's say it's over $10 million in assets, you need two signatures, or even if it's greater, you need three. So all these type of policies you can't do with an unmanaged, or I would say a non-multi-sig wallet. Also, one of the benefits too is AML. So for instance, if a user wants to go send or actually transfer tokens on an unmanaged, there's nothing you can do, it's done. They can do it, they, can, they have the private key, they can run it. With a multi-sig, you could actually check the address and, and do a KYT and say, you know, with some of the providers out there to see if it's been blacklisted before the even money gets transferred out of the wallet. So I think as the regulation now is, is getting more and more involved in crypto, I think multi-sig is a must. It seems like a multi-sig is just a building block right now because there, there, there seem to be other challenges in that KYC AML. Like what are some of them and how, how, do, we, how do we make that a smoother process? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. I think for you know, one, of the, one of the ways that we've tried for our first version is to really lock down because we're going after uh, certain use cases and some of the financial institutions the AML, we're actually simplifying where the first version that we're doing is we can only transfer between wallets of Vesto. So you can't transfer outside of our ecosystem, number one. I think that version two, we're definitely going to open it up. But I think that starting to put some of these controls, which you can do in smart contracts on the blockchain, I think it's going to help the uh, give, give comfort, I would say, to, to the market and also the regulators. Okay. So that's all DeFi, right? Um, so now you go into another area of contention or used to be hot and now it's down 90% and 90 93% this year is NFTs, right? So recently, you know, uh, they've been the most used crypto on-ramp. Um, but what do you see as some of the challenges still there? And then also what's the next crypto on-ramp? I think uh, we are just, as best though, just dipping our toe into NFTs, um, but we're, we're getting really excited about it. Uh, I think the, I think the challenge, the challenges uh, today, one of the challenges I, 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 I think is being solved is royalty streams with NFTs. I think that's a big thing that was with the, you know, the ERC 721, the, the secondary market, the artists weren't actually getting paid royalties as they were being auctioned off in secondary markets. 
there are standards. I think it's the 2891 we're looking into, if I got that right, ERC-20 or ERC-2891, where those royalties can be suggested in the, in the actual minting contract. And OpenSea, I believe now, especially on Polygon, also on Ethereum, are now recognizing that. So some of those, some of those challenges, well, definitely challenging for artists who aren't getting paid. That's kind of, I think, as I'm not an expert yet into NFTs, I think one of the challenges I've seen. And and then the next on ramp. Um, like or something. Yeah, I think that some of the conversations we've had, and I'm really exciting about it. So if you look at the non-fungible, I, I think it's endless. I think that right now it's just like the internet. Everybody's excited about NFT. It's a new concept um, versus like, you know, a currency or, or a fungible uh, token like ERC-20. I, you know, I look at trade finance. If you look at, you know, managing trade finance, you got, you know, a boat full of bananas going from one country to the next. How do you manage that? You can manage that with NFTs. Uh, supply chain. I know people have been talking about supply chains for years, but I think NFT is an absolute perfect for trade finance for uh, new assets coming on like mortgages, right? If you, had, if you had an NFT that represented your mortgage, your asset for your home, also looking at fractional ownership of, of assets as well. I think that the the market is definitely going to open up. I think right now it's just everybody's excited about NFT and everybody's getting into it. And it's definitely dropped, like you said. But I think it's no different than the Internet. The Internet comes out, everybody gets excited. It drops a little bit. But the real use cases and, uh, you know, ways to use this is probably going to come up in the next 18 months to two years. So the on-ramp will continue to be NFTs. I, I I completely agree. Okay, and you were going to see another DeFi summer this year, or is everything headed downhill? <laughs> so. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Um, I don't know. It's I've been thinking. I I've been thinking about that a lot. I don't know. I I think that uh, I hope so. I think with some of these other big opportunities coming in with NFTs, we could. I think we could, but who knows? You know, crypto. So awesome. So uh, great. So I want to I want to thank you very much um, for your time today. It's been a great conversation. And I have one actually really one final question right now. Um, and that's how can people find out more information about you, about, you know, your company, about Vesto, about what you guys are up to? How can they follow your roadmap? Um, how can they keep up to date with everything that you're doing? Absolutely. You can go to our website, Vesto, V-E-S-T-O dot I-O. That's it. That's everything. <laughs> so, um, awesome. Awesome. So, um, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for your time today. It's been great. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.